Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 299 of the AFTN podcast. I am one star target man, Joe DC. I'm joined by Vancouver sweetheart, Nicholas Ruprecht. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and the prodigal, the prodigal son returns, it's Gideon Hill. Hello guys, welcome back. Nick, it is true, you're the sweetheart of Vancouver. Opening question, guys. If you were to play out the plot of the box office movie Inception, and Carl Robinson was the subject. What phrase would you plant in the Welshman's mind, Nick? Um, win every game. Win every game. I don't know if he, if he has absolute control over that, but sure. Well, you know, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. There's no reason not to go for it now. Gideon, what would you plant into Robbo's mind? I would instill into his mind, take more shots. At this point of the season, you need goals. Goalkeepers will be nervous because they want to hold that perfect or their good record. Rebounds will be popping out like you southern know, left, right, and center. You got to put it in the back. Of the yeah, head. get in. You might be onto something because I saw a tweet today that said um, he was talking at practice to the players about chances in the last twenty yards. So maybe you've, uh, you've your thought process has seeped through to the to the Welshman. Um, I would say TSN is good. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> a slight dig, but you know he won't know because it'll be. Just in his subconscious, right? All right, let's go to part one of the show. Complete the sentences. Blank is making a case to be a key player next season. Nick? Well, I would say Tybert is mm-hmm. making a case to be a key player next season. Uh, Gideon, who's making a case to be a key player next season? I, I said the exact same thing. Really? Wow. I'm going to go yeah. for Nerwinski is making a case yeah, to be a key player next season. Okay, yeah. Like, Franklin hasn't played a whole lot lately. Yeah. They kind of rotated in the season. You kind of see Nerwinski out there a lot more. I think it's fair to say Nerwinski's won that kind of this battle. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Caps will get blank points from a possible 18 down the stretch. Gideon, how many points? I think they'll get 10 points in the possible 18. Okay, I actually had the same number. I also had oh, the okay. same number. Wow. <laughs> I, that's more optimistic because like nine is right down the middle, so we all yeah. had nine plus one. Yeah, it's gonna be a drop. The preview show is all about optimism, so that's good. Um, The Caps will blank to FC Dallas, Nick. Oh, the tie to Gideon. (laughs) 
I said they will defeat FC Dallas. I just threw away the two because okay. I couldn't think of something. That's not that. that's not allowed. So you're disqualified. But uh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the Caps will lose to FC Dallas. <laughs> there, mm-hmm. I said. Um, let's just jump straight into Dallas, shall we, guys? Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas are having a great season. They're second in the West, and they're just one point behind Sporting Kansas City. Gideon, it's about right, right? Their position on the table? Yeah, and I think they've done a great job since Diaz is gone. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, you know, they've kept their good defensive prowess from last year. Their attack going forward has been, hasn't been static, but it's been pretty even across the board. They haven't scored a ton. They haven't given up a ton. So they're just a solid team overall. Yeah, they've been really impressive, and it shows in the standings, I think, right? Like, Kansas are yeah, probably Kansas the best team. Or I would say, yeah, definitely the best team out West, for sure, um, this season, along with LAFC, perhaps. Mm. And I think that they have been able to, like Gideon was hinting at, they've been able to get the good turnover happening. You know, when they lost Diaz, they didn't totally lose the, the plot of the yeah. season, which one might think if you lose your main chance creator. Yeah. Um, and their goal difference is quite impressive. I'm, I know we don't have a great goal difference to work with in the team we support, but plus 20, Gideon. That's really good. Yeah, and for from the fan standpoint, that's a good number. And it's hard to, to kind of pinpoint what has kind of made it that good, but at this point right now, it's good for, for them. Yeah, and... Uh, Nick, we've spoken in previous weeks about like the wobble, the FC Dallas wobble, right? Could is this kind of a wobble that they're going through now? They've only won two of their last six games. Really, only two? Yeah, wow. and okay. uh, and a nil nil draw in their last game against Columbus. So it's one of those things where maybe they're they're searching for their footing, perhaps because I know they've gotten in um, some new transfers recently ish, mm-hmm. and I think. Oscar Perea does a really good job of like rotating the team as well. And I think that might actually contribute maybe to that wobble. Yeah. Because, I mean, some of it is forced rotation, but he does give his youngsters a lot of chances too. Mm-hmm. So. But then there's players like Minor Figueroa who just seem to have always been there, right? Like just reliable, mm-hmm. reliable players. Um, Matt Hedges. Yeah. Uh, Ujoa in the midfield is another yeah. one that comes to mind. Yeah. But yeah, they, they have... Um, their attacking has been fantastic this season. Um, Lama has had a great season. Um, I think he might be out injured because he hasn't played in over a month. But eight goals and five assists. But they do spread out the goals quite well. Gideon, who would you pinpoint as your, your danger man on that team? As much as I want to say Mascara, I think it'll be Barrios going down the right against probably either Levi's or DeYoung. DeYoung hasn't played in a little bit. Um, so it probably will be Levi's, but... He's such a good player. He's been around for a couple of years. He was a, a very shrewd signing as well. You see players like those now could be DP-worthy players, but Dallas has done a good job of evening up their money and haven't spent a whole lot on certain players. They have three DPs, but they're all uh, even players that aren't worth a whole lot, and they've kind of spread out the money in that sense. But I think Barrios will, will do some damage on uh, Sunday. Yeah, they have uh, Nick, they have Barrios, they have Mosquera, as Gideon says, who has three mm-hmm. goals in his yeah. last three games. Um, Urusi is there, the former yeah. Portland player. But um, he's, 
I think I made a note. He's playing more like a he's playing way deeper than he usually plays. Mm-hmm. Like he usually played as a forward, but for yeah. the last couple of games he's been playing as their number ten, kind of as their play he's kind of trying to play as a playmaker, but I don't think it is necessarily in him to yeah. well, to be their main main guy. Yeah. In in their four in their four two three one, they can you know interchange a lot in those attacking positions, right? Mm-hmm. So like Barrios, Lama um, it could be, I don't know, like, like you said, Arusi dropping back. Like it's just very fluid, right? And a lot of those players have pace, which means on the counter attack, you don't necessarily care about what position you are. You just go for the gaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which is really, really scary. Um, Gideon, a Canadian interest. Um, Tesho Akindele, he's been on the bench for most of the season, um, and probably now that they traded for uh, Dominic Baggi, he's going to stay there, probably, right? Yeah, it's kind of disappointing to see. You know, Akinale was a good player. He's with the Canadian national team. He's a, a tall striker. He gets on the end of uh, balls over the top really well. He's got a good strike on him as well. Just unfortunate to see him on the bench. But, I mean, credit to Dallas. They have lots of four depths this year. Probably one of the better depth positions in the league at forward. But I think just unfortunately for Akinale, he's done well. I think he said two goals this year as well for him. So, yeah, I mean, he can still score off the bench it's but it's just, unfortunately for him he should should be starting a lot more i think when i checked earlier he made 15 appearances off the bench so that that strikes mm-hmm. me as a game plan kind of a thing more yeah. than anything else i mean but he's done really well with those limited minutes yeah. you know i think um and like he he's found stability in in that kind of a team right like i wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't happy being a bench player if he went to any other mls team Surely he would be pushing to be the starter, right? Uh, it depends on the MLS team. Well, if he I came think. if he came to Vancouver in a post Kai Kamara era where we need a target man, I could see him being quite successful. Yeah, I hundred percent think he would be starting pretty much every game. And now, games. and now that Baji has caught fire, I know he caught fire in Colorado, and he's still um, adapting to life in Dallas. Maybe he, if if he really is the real deal, then Tesho is not going to get a look in if he can only play a striker mm-hmm. in a four two three one, right? But Akindeli has played on the wing as well before. Like mm. He's not. I don't. He's no stranger to playing out wider. Yeah. Um. So I think he can play there too as well. Yeah, yeah that's true that's as well. That's a good point. And who yeah. knows? Maybe they. Maybe Oscar Pereira's next phase is a different formation, and he needs two two strikers. Let's talk. We touched on um, Dominic Badgie there, um, and they were, and he got traded from Colorado uh, for Kellen Acosta. Right. I when I saw that trade, I thought. That Colorado came off way better than than Dallas did. Nick, what did you think of the trade? I think it was actually a good trade for both sides. It's worked out to be a good trade for both yeah, sides. Yeah, I, I think, and I think at the time I thought it was pretty okay for both sides because Kellen Acosta at that time he wasn't getting mm-hmm. he wasn't getting any playing time. Their, the midfield in Dallas at that point in time was pretty stacked. Now I think he's playing more of a number ten. Yeah, he had those two role. ridiculous goals in yeah. his first two games. For yeah. Him. For and, Colorado, and he and I think he's gone to a team where he gets to be the main guy, mm-hmm. and especially for someone who's trying to become a U.S. men's team consistent starter, I think that that's a great move for him. Um, and I think Badgy as well. You know, he's moved to a more competitive team where he should get more service. Oh, a hundred percent. But then the like it goes back to the flip side of in Colorado he was the guy who was getting all the service and there was no one to support him. So he kind of got all the goals. Yeah. 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 Whereas if you look at Dallas, like we were saying earlier, they're more interchangeable. They're more fluid. 
So you're probably not going to actually get as many individual goals, but you're, you probably will be on a more successful team. Mm-hmm. So uh, Gideon, like Nick said, Acosta is trying to break into the men's national team. I think he, he was there in that last round of friendlies that they had um, yeah. where they had some more experimental uh, lineups, but like for the Dallas fan base, trading away someone who is potentially, um, you know, a national team starter for one of the top, I don't know, 50, 40 teams in the world. Like, it's something similar that the Vancouver fans felt when they traded away Tim Parker, who is also a part of that group right now. There's mm-hmm. kind of some, some uh, parallels there. But Gideon, do you think the Dallas fans would mind that trade? Like, they get a functional MLS striker who has bloomed in, in this league for, you know, a position that they're already stacked at, as Nick was saying. Yeah, and I think for Dallas fans, it's kind of a win-loss situation. You know, you lose a young Acosta, who is a fantastic uh, center midfielder. He's played right back a little bit as well, I believe. And again, as you said, a national team guy who's probably going to bloom and progress throughout the next few years on the national team cycle. But the win situation for them is that they have a fantastic team anyways in the midfield. You know, we mentioned Gruezo, Ujoa. There's no real room for a cost either way. And him going to Colorado also kind of sees his career grow a little bit. And in getting Badgy, you know, already a strength, or a, sorry, a depth striker position, as I mentioned, for, for FC Dallas. But getting Badgy just adds that different dynamic, either off the bench or on the wing or up front as well at that speed. Mm-hmm. And I think one other thing to mention just onto that is FC Dallas Academy. They've been producing very good players. Yeah. So I wouldn't be su- yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there is another player that they're going to have come up through their mid into their midfield mm-hmm. area as well it's and possible. add in more competition. Yeah. Um Dallas tied their last game 0-0 as I said earlier. They were outshot 17 to 9. It was against Columbus who were high flying as well. But uh, is this me wishful think my my wishful thinking or are Dallas trending down a little bit? What do you think? I feel like maybe they're trending down, but this is probably going to be a down before an up. Like I think and maybe they're hitting the the the, the apex of their yeah. downward peaking curve. at the right time. Gideon, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, fair to both sides. Columbus and FC Dallas have been fantastic this year, but you have to feel like at home at this point in the year with points on the line for top spot, you have to feel like Dallas should have won that game. But again, like you said, Columbus sorry, has been fantastic with picked up near him again, and they've just been good. So a good draw for Columbus, but FC Dallas probably felt like they should have won that game. Their playoff place seems pretty safe, like Dallas. They're 10 points ahead of Vancouver, who are the closest challengers to, to get into the playoffs. Like I know there's a possible 18 points left for all these teams, blah, blah, blah. But like mm-hmm. you want Vancouver to win four of their last six and Dallas to lose every single one of their, like that's, that's not going to really happen. Like then it gets into, Oh, how much do teams want that home playoff game or that extra, you don't have that midweek, the midweek, uh, like one, one off game. game. Yeah. I, I could like, it's too early to know if they are trending down or trending up, I guess. But if, as long as they trend up at the right times, no one's going to care. Right. Um, we just, we discussed their midfield. It's really solid. Um, we haven't really talked too much about the defensive pairing, which was Ujoa and Guerrezo. Just so consistent and reliable, and mm-hmm. like they don't lose the ball, and they can win the ball back too, right, Nick? Yeah, and also, they both are actually, I think, a little bit underrated in terms of their passing as mm-hmm. well. And, and also picking their times to get forward, because 
Ujoa has has gone forward a yep. couple of times and scored some really nice goals, finishing off some good counter moves. Gideon, what stands out for those two for for you? I think stature. Uh, from what I have garnered, Ujoa and Carrizo are smaller players, especially Carrizo, and that sometimes surprising for the role they play. But again, you look at Tiber and how much success he has as a shorter guy in the middle of the field, winning balls back, kind of like a bulldog running around, going at guys, getting the ball away from strikers, and that kind of stands out for Ujo and Grezo as the guys that are smaller in stature but certainly don't lack of their tenacity on the ball. I think the the age of smaller, or like, I mean, bigger midfielders is kind of coming to an end, isn't it? Like, if you think of the best defensive midfielder in the world, it's N'Golo Kante, and he's tiny, right? Like, he, yeah. it's, about, it's about reading the game now. Um, not, not necessarily, like, physical, physicality is a plus for sure. But it's not. That's not all there is, right, Nick? Yeah, for sure. I think like you're not going to have any uh, Roy Keane. You know, <laughs> Roy Keane wasn't huge, but he, he. But he's big. He's a he's a big enough guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think, but I think like soccer goes in cycles. Hmm. A couple years back, two five three, not a very interesting formation, and then suddenly, you know, this this year and last year, everybody's playing it, trying it out. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a fashion to it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's kind of like the stock market, you know, yeah. everybody notices somebody buying something and everybody gets on the bandwagon. Yeah. Or everyone watches what Pep Guardiola does and then they try and copy it, I guess. Let's talk about their defenders. Now we mentioned Matt Hedges who like, God, imagine having him in on the, with Waston in the back. Yeah, that I'd, would be an amazing pairing. I'd, that would be like yeah. the best pairing I think in MLS. <laughs> but they have uh, Ziegler, um, Pedroso, Cannon, um, that's their most common pairing, I guess you could say. But like, it's hard to look past like hedges there, right? Like, yeah, very good solid, yeah, presence, good head on his shoulders, huge guy too. Yeah, yeah, like threat from set pieces, Gideon. What, what else can we expect from hedges? He's one of the most underrated center backs in the league. I mean, people have kind of noticed his up climb the past couple of years and how much he's stood out, uh, especially last year with Walker Zimmerman and him Zimmerman now with LAFC, but. They formed a really good partnership, and without Zimmerman, it's hard for a center back like Hedges to kind of form a bond with the new center back, as we've kind of seen with Watson this year without Parker. So he's done well to kind of adapt to different players like Ziegler, as you mentioned, Pedroso in there, uh, Figueroa, but a little bit of center back. He's done very well, and they've kept that defensive uh, stature going as well. And yeah, I, he's I, a great player on set pieces as well. I like Figueroa at fullback a lot more than at center back. I know he can play there, but. I, I think he's a lot better at left back. Um, so and behind back four, it's uh, Jesse Gonzalez, the homegrown product, just twenty three years old. Yeah, I mean, solid keeper. He, that's in a sense what you want with your keeper. You know, doesn't cost too much, mm-hmm. but can every once in a while save you some games. Yeah, uh, a couple of other keepers around the league, like um, Andre Blake. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's pretty underappreciated yeah obviously i think the the goalkeeper that's on a dp contract you know it definitely doesn't deserve that dp contract tim howard <laughs> yeah, definitely not um will uh, gideon will jesse gonzalez let nico mosquita nutmeg him with the bicycle kick this time i, I don't think so okay um how far are they gonna go what do we think how far hmm. i think mls cup final defeat is what's gonna happen for them Oh, that's a that's a good shout. I don't I know why. Maybe it's because when I started watching the Whitecaps, they always lost to Dallas. So I mm. had this like fear of of FC Dallas. What, I, what do you think, Nick? I think 
they'll make it to the Western Conference Final. Gideon? I have watched their playoffs the last two or three years, especially the year that the Whitecaps made it against Seattle, sorry, Portland lost in 2015, and they haven't had the best time in the playoffs. They haven't made it to the Cup Final. Oh, they're, your, uh, the they're, they're like New York Red Bulls. They are good in the regular season and for some reason can't get it done Absolute in the playoffs. Garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why it's hard to kind of pinpoint what they're going to do in the postseason. I think they're going to make it to the Western Conference quarterfinals, uh, regardless because they have the berth anyways if they get first. So yeah. I think they won't make it past the Western Conference finals, but they'll have a tough time getting to the finals anyways. Okay. Anything else we want to bring up on Dallas? I'm, I'm terrified, as I said. This is the classic <laughs> game I don't want at this time of the season. They're just, mean, they're just difficult they're, to play against. But, I mean, you can argue that about the rest of the Whitecaps' it's uh, schedule. It's not a... Don't not a scheduling gods just gift us this time of the year. Okay? Yeah, why can't we play, like, Colorado twice and then <laughs> LA... We played yeah. San Jose twice, okay? Yeah, that's, that's true. Let's play San Jose three times yeah, in the last yeah. two months of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, that was our FC Dallas analysis. And now it's time for this week's Do You Know Who I Am? Okay, guys, do you know who I am? I'm turning the computer screen away from Nick so he can't see my answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I've started to do this weird thing where I change the game every week just mm-hmm. to keep it interesting because like, the product on the field isn't, isn't fun in any way to watch. <laughs> so might as well keep it interesting off the field, right? So, so you have nothing else to do, Joe, besides make up games for a podcast. I'm, I'm not going to comment on that, Gideon. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so... What I've done this time is, here's my train of thought, okay. Football players, or soccer players, or whatever, mm-hmm. are always under a fierce amount of pressure, mm-hmm. right? And they get, they're followed by the media all the time, and then they, everyone says stupid things, right? So sometimes they get overheard saying yeah. stupid things. Who is another class of person that, that, you know, is under the same kind of pressure? Mm-hmm. And the answer is politicians. Mm. So what I've done is I've gotten some quotes, and okay. I you have to tell me did a politician say it, or did a football player say it? Okay, you have five each, I think maybe five. Um, we'll start with Gideon, and if there isn't enough for everyone, Nick is going to get less chances. <laughs> Gideon's missed a few shows, okay, so uh, he gets more points potentially. Okay, Gideon, are you ready for this? Uh, let's get a pregame interview. I think so. Okay, first quote: It's an unprecedented precedent. Was that a footballer or a politician? I'm going to have to say politician. It was a footballer. It was Clark Kyleo. Yeah. Mm. So 0 for 1 for Gideon so far. Things are more like they are now than they ever have been. Gideon, politician or footballer? Okay. Politician. That was politician. indeed a politician. It was uh, President Gerald Ford, mm. actually. Um, fa- nachos, like <laughs> Facts are stupid things. Footballer. It was Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> he would have made yeah. a great footballer, yeah. honestly. Um, they, <laughs> they were numerically right now. <laughs> they they were numerically outnumbered. Uh, footballer. It was a footballer. It was Gary Brickle. Did you alternate these questions, Joel? <laughs> Maybe I did. Um, <laughs> I can see the carrot at the end of the tunnel. Mm, 
footballer. It was a footballer. So three out of five for Gideon. Not That's bad. Not bad at all. Um, Nick, are you more are you scared now? Or? Yeah, I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> Seems pretty difficult. Yeah. Like these, I'm telling you, these people say things under pressure, you know? Yeah. Okay, here we go, Nick. Just like we do something. Yeah, it's true. Podcast. <laughs> if you closed your eyes, you couldn't tell the difference between the two sides. Uh, I think that was a footballer. It was a footballer. That was probably the easiest one of the whole bunch. Sorry. Um, <laughs> when I was in England, I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. That's definitely got to be a politician. It was uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> his next uh, his uh, his next sentence was, I did not inhale. Um, <laughs> you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Oh, that's pretty... Uh, oof. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, Sounds like Trump. This is, this, is a, this is a quote. I, I'm going to say that's a footballer. That was Joe Biden. Oh, wow. That yeah. was Joe Biden. Okay. Um, let's see. How many do I have left? I can never make predictions, and I never will. Footballer? <laughs> it was Paul Gaskell. And I think, is that the... Oh, I would have made a really good pope. Uh, politician. That was Richard Nixon. Nick was five <laughs> for five. Fantastic. No four, four for five. Four for five? Because I missed the... Uh, oh, I, oh, I wrote down five. how many you completed. Yeah, four for five. But either way, you have beaten Gideon in this week's Do You Know Who I'm, I'm, I Am? I'm, I'm getting better. King, I'm getting better. <laughs> King of the world. Okay, now here we go. Try and focus after that, guys. I know it was a, a, you know, a high, but let's try and get back, back to talk about this mundane Whitecaps team. Um, the players in interviews and things like that have talked about putting up a fight. You know, there's so many points left on the season that we can fight for. All that, what I think is PR nonsense. Or does anyone have a different opinion? I mean, it is a little bit of. PR nonsense, but at the same time, it's also true because they have to fight for it. I mean, if you don't fight for it, you, there's still a chance they could get into the playoffs. Yeah, but like, it's tenuous, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, of course, it's tenuous. Get but in. you have to like fight for every penny. Yeah, Gideon, what do you think? I think it's kind of two faced. In one sense, the PR are trying to put bumps in seats and get ticket sales. In another sense, the Whitecaps are four points behind with six games to go. I think it's doable. But it's going to be really, really difficult. I think the, the thing that annoys me is just, I don't think they'll do it. You think they don't have the mentality? Yeah, but I, I know that they have to say that they think they can do it. But I, I question how many of the players actually believe that they can do it. Mm. Um, okay, well, put put this for, for background. Put these in your like next four games in your head. They have Dallas on Sunday, LA Galaxy next Saturday, Toronto FC Saturday, October 6th, so two Saturdays from now, and then they have... Sporting Kansas City at home on October 17th. Yeah, those those are the next four so, games, right? And then, yeah, and then at LAFC before hosting Portland yeah. for the last game of the year. Those are all going to be insanely so, difficult games. So if everything goes to plan, we're going to have to go into a game against Sporting Kansas City and LA, and the odds are we'll need to not lose both, right? Like, yeah. that's... Yeah. Unless we win every game before that, right? And yeah. do we need to be reminded what... Kansas did to us last time? I don't think so. No. It was pretty, pretty bad. If we had to assign a percentage, just, just a number off, off out of your gut, um, what, what is the percentage chance? I know Nick looks at the website that gives the actual percentage, but what do you think, Nick? 
I would say like 15%. 15. Gideon? I'm going to say 20 just because two of the six teams they play that are left are out of the playoff spot. So that could be the two games they win, but you never know. Okay. I'm going to say 10. Like, I'm going to go lower. I mm. That last game just got me really, really, really down. MLS-era matchups for the Whitecaps. Dallas is almost as tough as they come. It's only not until... Mm-hmm. I know it's a home game, but it's only been in the last few years that we got, like, uh, more than, like, a couple of points in Off in Texas, them. right? But, like, this is a home game. Gideon, can we expect something different? Yeah, I think we have. We've had some good form against Dallas the past few years at home. As you mentioned, away has been a different story. Let's not talk about that. But I think it's a game that Whitecaps need to win. They could win. As well, Dallas is predominantly always good this time of year, as I mentioned earlier. But I think this is a winnable game for uh, Vancouver. Um, who has the momentum, Nick? Like, Whitecaps <laughs> are on a down, but Dallas, <laughs> Dallas are also, also on a down. Going down. That's a good question. That's why I kind of think it was going to end in a tie. Um, yeah. Because I think, I think the Whitecaps have more motivation. Mm-hmm. But Dallas would be happy in, with the draw. But Dallas would be happy with the draw, for yeah. sure. I get like we won't know what the implications are until after the game. So let's move on to more specific things about the match. Your ideal lineup. We'll, we'll break it down a little bit more. What positions of the field do you think can be influenced by squad selection? I guess is the right question. Gideon, let's start with you. Uh, I think it starts for me in the middle of the pitch in the defensive midfield position. There's five, six guys that could be in there. Robbo's done a good job of choosing those players this year, and sometimes it hasn't gone so well. I think it's gone I think it's gone not but, well more than it's gone well, personally. I would agree with Joe's statement there. Yeah, but So the five guys we're talking about, uh, Gideon, are Tybert, Gazal, Juarez, Felipe, and is there one more? Norman. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's at Queen much, of the South. Maybe much. Yeah, much. Yeah, much bit. is a good much shot. Um, who's your best two? I, I think there's a consensus for that. Gazal and Tybert. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you had to swap one for the other, who would it be? Like if you were if a gun to your head and you had to change one of those guys out. I think it'd have to be Tybert, just because Tuarez's experience could come into play, but he just hasn't been good at all this year. Okay. So I think that would be a hard decision. I would go Tybert for much. Nick, what about you? Yeah, maybe I, depending on what I'm trying to do or, you know, how attacking yeah. I want to be, maybe I would put in Felipe. Okay. Let's, let's put it. not have Felipe there as well, yeah. But Felipe just hasn't clicked at all. Um, let's put it in the, in the frame of this game then. You're playing against these speedy, technical players who really know how to pick a pass, mm-hmm. right? Gazelle must start, right? Yeah. Um, beside him, to do a lot of running, I think you go with Tybert. Any disagreement there? No. No. Yeah, so I think in this must-win game, which, you know, how many games now has it been that they've Every been must-win? Yeah. <laughs> um, we should have a must-win must game counter. Yeah. Um, but I think you have to play those two in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's useless if, you, if everyone else isn't on the same page. So in the attacking midfield, I think you need people who are more responsible. I think mm-hmm. Reyna's back after his suspension now. Yeah. So, so thank God for that, because we that really should, need him. Yeah, no, you saw in that, that game where he wasn't there how the lack of creativity, the lack of the ability to pick a pass in the mm-hmm. final third. And, and the how, chemistry was just off. And the chemistry, yeah, exactly. Runs were kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if he comes back in, I think hopefully that that settles the forwards a little bit. Yeah. And, 
they know they, they can get good service. Yeah. And Gideon, who would you have on the wings? Like Davies, Lee, right? Davies would 100% be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and hard to say. I mean, Tachera. Home game Tachera. like Tachera. Home game, home game Tachera. Let's say home game Tachera. Yeah. Game. It's been a running theme. <laughs> so I think the midfield Poor is guy. probably, yeah, the midfield has probably been a, it's, it's going to be the key area this game, like where mm-hmm. the game is going to be mm-hmm. won and lost. So if I was Rob, I would tell the players, go out there and just be physical, right? We know Gazal can be physical. Tybert isn't a pushover, but it's those players that are, you know, in front beside that mm-hmm. really need to be able to muscle the ball and, you know, get the 50-50s and things like that. Like or Dallas, at least draw the foul. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas are not a possession team. Their average possession is less than 50%, right? Yeah. Um, just under, like, but they are very much about breaking out. But if you can... Contain them. Yeah, and hold the midfield, then, you know, that's that's where you can you probably can. play a more possession game or try something, be able to control the game at least, right, Gideon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think games are won and lost in the midfield, and that's going to be a key position that Vancouver wants to find any sort of success against a very difficult Dallas team. Yeah. Um, I've come up with something called, I've, I've coined the Davies Dilemma. And I didn't write an explanation on the running order, but here's my here's my explanation for it. Alphonse Davies will not be with the Whitecaps next season. If mm-hmm. if that's news to you, you're in the wrong place. Shocked. Yeah. Shocked. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But um, we have to plan for life after Davies. Mm-hmm. So you can't not play him because he is like a talent that the Whitecaps will not see for a long time. Like the likes yeah. of the Whitecaps will not see for a long time unless they're playing for other teams. Um but you also are going to you are already over reliant on him. So can you guys understand the dilemma aspect that Robbo might be in in that regard? So your question is, I guess to to wrap it up is you don't want to play this kid because next year I need but people. But then you can't not play him because he's a great player and you need results. Gideon, how would you approach it? I think you have to play him regardless of the situation. You know, you need to win these games down the stretch and as good as he is in this young player, sometimes he needs a rest. I think it's at this point of the season where you need to play him every game and have your best players on the field for 90 minutes. But then next season we're going to be, I can already see the problem at the start of next season is that all the players have no idea what to do in attack because what used to happen is Alfonso would dribble it through their midfield and then we'd figure out what to do at the edge of the box. Um, well, it's hard to say what can happen next year because I think yeah. the guys that will play stages... That, that's a fair point. That's a very right fair now. point. And, and honestly, yeah. I think as well, you're doing a little discredit to Reyna as well. Yeah. And and the chance creation and mm-hmm. that he brings to the field. Yeah. You know I'm all about drama, Nick. So. I know. I'm just trying to create, <laughs> I'm trying to create drama. Um, if you could pick one section or sector of the team that's been the biggest problem this year, what would it be? We talked about the midfield already, but let's kind of move away from that. Like, fullbacks, striker. I think striker has been the problem because... I. Th- I think it's not necessarily like a problem in terms of position mm-hmm. because on paper, most of these players are pretty good. I think maybe the the question is the quality of your DPs, if that could be a okay. position. Okay. DP question. That's what I think yeah. it is. There's yeah. no DP leader per se who you can use to you know win a game or like a figurehead you mean or like a figurehead exactly like i don't feel like this team has a guy being like yeah that's the that's the guy i think it's waston but we don't have one in attack yeah okay fair enough like i i don't 
but I, yeah, I think that's totally true. Like yeah. we, we definitely don't have a guy in attack, maybe Davies, but again, he's leaving and yeah. he's not a DP. Yeah. Um, Gideon, would you agree with that or do you have something different? Yeah, I think in the MLS, your DP has to be not always your best player, but a guy that contributes. And I, we haven't really seen that from Breck Shea. And I think you need to have your DPs your best players at this time of the year. And especially the last two months, they haven't really produced a whole lot. Kamara's been very good as well. He's been scoring goals, credit to him. But, you know, it just I just don't think this team has enough to, to make the playoffs. But come in next year, they'll have a little bit more money, and I think they need to do something with that. It's going to be a big transfer window, like for sure, in mm-hmm. the off season. Um, players, I think it'll make or break the season next year. To be honest with you, hmm. yeah, I can see that. Like how they use the Davies money will be yeah. big. Yeah, exactly. Um, Not even that; just the way they turn over the team. But yeah, anyways, let's um, let's get positive, like real quick. <laughs> um, what do the White Caps do really well, Nick? What do they do really well? Hmm. Set pieces is—they're not bad, right? Yes. Not bad, but you said really well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let's go to well. Let's go to well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they have been quite entertaining on the counterattack a number of times this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one thing that they do quite well. Mm-hmm. They're good at um, dealing with Bayern. Mm-hmm. They got a good transfer fee. Gideon, yeah. what what do you have? I think the Whitecaps play well at home in certain games depending on who they're playing when it is but they when the games i've been to and watched sort of on tv they have they've been fun to watch um and they've had some some fun times a lot as well defend the ball Watson's made some huge clearances as well he's gotten his head on the end of a couple crosses against new york so that's been kind of fun to watch Watson this year tower above other other opposition i haven't found the play caps very fun to watch but Meh, we have different tastes, Gideon, I guess. <laughs> that's and that's fine. If the if the twenty eighteen White Caps played the twenty thirteen White Caps, what would be the score? Just off the top of your head. Maybe. I think one zero twenty thirteen White Caps. Really? Twenty thirteen White Caps. <laughs> oh my god. Was Jay Demerit coming back from his Achilles injury? Yeah. Twenty thirteen White Caps. <laughs> like a uh, Omar Salgado mean... coming off the bench. <laughs> Let the nostalgia oh, flow through. Yeah, I think it would be like four one twenty eighteen Whitecaps. Yeah, so I was gonna say three one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With Camilo Cerveso striking. Oh, actually, yeah, Camilo. Yeah, Camilo would. <laughs> he would run circles around Henry. Um, and it, they still had good Manny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. True. Good Manny. <laughs> well, Manny, Manny got <laughs> Manny got better. Um. If uh, if there was a coaching change in Vancouver. Which a lot of people think there will be, as a city, as a club, with its stadium, with its history, how attractive of a proposition is it? Like, there's other, there's more attractive propositions in in MLS, right? The the star star brands like the Galaxy and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like, what made me think of this question was when San Jose fired their coach this week. There was rumors of some big names like. Um, uh, Peter Bosch, the former Ajax and Borussia Dortmund manager. That, that was a rumor. I'm not sure if it's true. Um, Caleb Porter interviewed for the job. Mm. Like, do you would, think Caleb Porter will interview for Whitecaps? That, I had. I was thinking that, but I don't know. Like, how how attractive is it? That's the question, right? I don't know. Like, I guess it comes down to how much people think the front office was meddling, perhaps in transfers. Right? Yeah. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson always says, "Don't pick the club, pick the owner." 
mm-hmm. or pick the chairman, he mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. Like, you have to pick your boss kind of a thing. Yeah. Right? Gideon, how do you, what do you think? Like, good stadium, good facilities. Yeah, you have to weigh so many things coming in. You know, your family's another thing. Yeah, it's a the great city. place to live, Vancouver. So yeah, well, it is expensive, but, but you know, yeah. as you mentioned, you know, money's money's always an issue. The form from last year, how you see the team in your eyes, and how you can change them, like from where they are now. Hmm. I mean, it's a, Vancouver is a great city to come and coach. It's just it'd be difficult for for some people to come into this environment with the way the fan base has been the past couple of years and the te- the way the team has kind of handled itself. Hmm. In that sense. I think it's a, a tough place to come in regardless of how attractive it is. And another issue is so, how much the coach is going to get paid, right? Like, what kind of a salary mm-hmm. do you yeah. set aside for a coach? Um, I think that comes with any any team, though, to be yeah. honest. All this chess will be futile if the Whitecaps win the remaining six games. So let's just hope for that and we'll deal So, yeah, that, that's actually a good question, though. If they win the remaining six games and they go on a deeper playoff run, would you still bring them, bring them back? It's, for me, just for me, it would depend on how far they make it in the playoffs. Okay. If they get, what would, what would your I'm bringing you oh back? Oh God! I think you have to get to the conference final. Mm. Get in. What about you? Yeah. Oh, just save the coaching stuff. Uh, like, I mean, my logic was get further than you've ever been, be and that feat. that would be making the playoffs would be a great feat. But I think, as you said, making it to at least pass the Conference quarterfinals would be huge. Okay. And uh, Nick, you? I would say... Win the MLS Win Cup. the MLS <laughs> Cup. Yeah, I would say why not? Like, Tell Robo, make- your contract is in the in the trophy. <laughs> Go get the trophy. It's in the trophy. <laughs> exactly. You get the trophy yeah. instead. No, but I think, I think that, you know, considering how long he's been here, how things have gone this year, do something fantastic to him. To, to impress, yeah. win back the, the hearts and minds of the yeah, fans. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And what better way than winning it all? Yeah, true. Okay, um, that was kind of our more general game around FC Dallas and the state of the Whitecaps chat. Um, but before we go on to the prediction game, Gideon, um, you were going to say some stuff about some local soccer that isn't the Whitecaps that people could go watch if they were interested. UBC Thunderbirds men's soccer team, as well as the women's, they play this Friday and Saturday. The men play at 5, and the women play at 7, and on Saturday, the men's team play at 7.30, the women's team at 5.30. Good soccer. UBC men's has had some good recruits, including former Whitecap uh, Caleb Clark, as well as uh, WFC2 player Mitch Pro Thomas Gardner, as well. And I think they've, or I know that they've, I've been watching them all year. They've had a, a great year. I broadcast the team alongside Michael, who runs AFTN, and it's good soccer. Uh, young players battling it out for maybe some CPL hopes next year, as well as SFU undefeated on the year to yeah. start, and they won their last two games six nil and five nil. Mm-hmm. And so a lot young soccer in the area. A lot of uh, CPL coaches have talked about um, the university scene and it being a potential recruiting grounds for them. Right? Um, yeah, it'll be fantastic. Okay, let's move on to the prediction game. I have not had time to tally up last week's predictions, but don't worry, um, I'm still in the lead. It's it's fine. All is good sure, in the world. Yeah. No, sure. <laughs> um, Nick, let's get your three three stats predictions for this three weekend's game. Predictions. Um, I think Jesse Gonzalez will have five saves. Five saves. Okay. I think that Davies will get an assist. Okay. And I think. Hmm. Hmm. I think that uh, Tybert will have an eighty-six percent. 
past completion. You've had good luck with the percentages recently. I think you got like two in a row that were bang on. Uh, Gideon, what about you? I think that Taisho Akinelli will have a goal off the bench for FC Dallas just because I love my Canadian players. And I think they'll, that'll probably be the close-up goal for FC Dallas. I think uh, Stefan Rinovich will make four saves. And I think the Caps will hold 20... No, let's do 33% possession. 33% possession, wow. Um, I'm going to go for Watson yellow card, because that is the reason I am top of the table Man, right now. Just, yeah. you just have a house rule that Joe can't <laughs> play to play win. That. Play to win. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Arusi will get a goal, because he used to play for Portland, so of course that's going to happen. And um, you know what? I think the possession for the Whitecaps will be more than 50%, Ooh. which is a bold thing to... Statement. Bold thing to state Bold for the Whitecaps. Yeah. Hot take. Hot take hotline. Oh, that's, sorry, that's the uh, MLS podcast thing. <laughs> um, yeah. You can phone in and berate Matt. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll keep tweeting at Matt Doyle. For those of you who didn't see, Matt Doyle uh, liked some of my hate, hate tweets to him this week. But anyway, that's for another podcast. Um, Gideon, where, uh, Gideon and Nick, sorry. Where can people find you online? Um, at SpaceAgeRobot56. And Gideon? At underscore Gideon, Gideon Hill on Twitter. And you can find me at Joe DC Van. <sighs> Just keep watching the White House. <laughs> 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 I've run out of motivational things to say. Like oh, it's just the same thing every every week. Bitter disappointment. Yeah, it's it's kind of morbid, really. But anyway, yeah, it's okay. If they win this game and um, other teams lose their games. You got hope. You we got we hope. have hope. There's yeah. hope. There's like like I said, mm-hmm. know, it's not it's not that bad. And episode three hundred of the AFTN podcast this yeah. weekend. Congratulations so, to, yeah. to AFTN. Yes. Hard to think we've done one hundred and fifty preview shows, isn't sure, it? Sure, <laughs> Joe. Sure. We don't need to mention that the preview shows only started this season. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the AFTN podcast and enjoy the game. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.